My name is Fritzi Horstman, and welcome to Compassion in Action. My guest today is Michael A. Singer. Michael A. Singer is the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Untethered Soul, and New York Times bestsellers, The Surrender Experiment and Living Untethered, which have been published worldwide. He had a deep inner waking in 1971 while working on his doctorate in economics and went into seclusion to focus on yoga and meditation. In 1975, he founded Temple of the Universe, a now long established yoga and meditation center where people of any religion or set of beliefs can come together to experience inner peace. He is also the creator of a leading edge software package that transformed the medical practice management industry and founding CEO of a billion dollar company whose achievements are archived in the Smithsonian Institution. Along with his nearly five decades of spiritual teaching, Michael has made major contributions in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and environmental protection. Michael Singer, welcome to Compassion in Action. Fritzi, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I certainly can. What a pleasure to meet you. I'm already crying, Michael. I'm I'm so excited and honored to be in your presence. So thank you. Well, this will be fun. I, I don't do a whole lot of conference calls or Zoom calls, but you do such beautiful work. I just couldn't say no. You had to surrender to the moment of what life That's was correct. presenting to you. What happened here? Wait. Oh, something happened. Okay. There we go. Are we back? All right. Well, if if everything's okay, lighting's okay. I I I don't have the best. I don't have a, I don't have a steady setup. Zoom setup. I have to set everything up every time. So everything looks okay. Everything looks beautiful, and I'm. You look even more beautiful than I remembered. No. Oh. Um. So I'll just say, Michael Singer, welcome to Compassion in Action. It is such an honor to have you with us today. And um, I would like to start with a quote that came from Living Untethered, if that's okay. Sure. Why would you kill, rob, or, or harm someone if you were content within yourself? It is only because people are struggling inside that they are driven to struggle outside. People left on their own create great trouble struggling with their inner disturbances. And I bring that quote to you because I'm working with the people in prison who have killed, who have robbed, who have harmed people. And the message I want to bring to them through this interview is ways for them to, to find out how to make it okay inside, as you say. Yes, well, that, that's what it's all about. As you know, I did 30 years of prison work, working in maximum security prisons and it was one of the most fulfilling things I ever got to do. I just totally loved meeting with the gentleman. And uh, we did very, very well together for a long time. So it is all about how are you doing inside? If you're not doing well inside, you're going to try and compensate for that by trying to do things outside that make you feel better. That's the bottom line of all humanity. Like the subtitle of, that was the third book you talked about, Living Untethered, all right, is right um beyond the human predicament right that is the human predicament which is i'm not okay inside <clears throat> i want to be okay inside and there are things i've learned during my life how did you learn them not by reading but having experiences all right i experienced that if somebody really loves me i feel better i've experienced if somebody goes out with my best friend <laughs> i feel worse i feel that if i have the money to feel secure and take care of things and do what I want, I feel better. If I don't, I feel worse. So we're programmed by the experiences we have. It, in a sense, it's not our fault because we all have different experiences. It, to say it's not our fault doesn't mean we can't do something about it, right? It just means you have to understand and have compassion that we all had different experiences. We all went through different things and they left different impressions on top of us. I don't care if you're in prison. I don't care if you're the CEO of some big company. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. The same thing's happening, all right? You're having experiences and they're either making you feel better or they're making you feel worse. And you get programmed like data that now I know what kind of things makes me better. Now I know what kind of thing makes me feel worse. 
So if I'm not feeling well inside, I'm going to try to get those things to happen. I'm going to try to compensate for my lack of well-being by external situations. And that is what causes all the trouble, not just trouble with people in prison. That's why we have wars. That's why everybody gets divorced. That's why drugs, every single thing is going on because I'm not okay. And like you said, if I am okay inside, which we will talk about, can you be and how do you be? But if I am okay inside, I don't need the outside. I don't need it to be doing things for me or against me. I don't take it that way. I'm whole and complete within myself. I feel love. I feel joy. I feel inspiration, no matter what's happening. All right? Because I live inside of me. So that's that's the foundation for a good discussion is, is that true? And everyone knows it's true. I've never had anyone, anyone. I've, I've done this. I'm teaching for 50 years. All right? I've never had anybody say that's not true. No matter who they are, no matter what situation they're in, that if they're not feeling well, they try to figure out what can I do to feel well. And if they are feeling well, they're trying to figure out how do I do to keep it. So you're always struggling. Like Buddha said, Buddha's first noble truth is all of life is suffering. It doesn't mean you break your arm all the time, right? It means that's what's going on inside of you. I'm not okay and I have to struggle to be okay. Or I'm okay and I have to struggle to keep it that way. But it all ends up struggling, doesn't it? Yes. All right. Yes. And, Go ahead. and so what you say is we must use the adversity in front of us, use the trials in front of us, the struggling in front of us to go to God. And I, I think I jumped a lot from what you just said, but um, all we're ever doing is trying to be okay in there, but we're using out the outside to make it, it fine. And once, you know, I think of the people in prison, when I get out of prison, that's when I'll be fine. Or, you know, when I get my package, that's when I'll be fine. Or when the parole board listens to me, then I'll be fine. And it's always, uh, being fine is always never, basically never attainable because the minute you get it, you're looking for the next thing. That's beautiful. And you know why that is? Then you're talking deep. You're deep. Is why is it that we really believe that if I get it, it will make me okay? We say it. I love you so much. If you'd marry me, I'll never need anything else for the rest of my life. Right. No one ever lived to that. <laughs> it never happened. Why? Because what's happening is I'm not okay. And what I need to do is be distracted from myself. People don't understand that's all you're doing when you're on vacation, when you do this, when you do that, when you do sports. You're being distracted from hanging out with yourself. You understand that your consciousness is being drawn off yourself. I love you so much just to look at you melts my heart. Okay. In other words, I don't have to deal with me right then. I can feel the beauty that you're bringing. So this distraction is what it's all about. That's all you're trying to do is get distracted. Even violent. I, I had a young man, beautiful young man, in, in when he was in prison, in maximum security prison, and he was very sincere. He'd meditate all the time. He's a real, real beautiful being. And he would sometimes not show up for class. I'd do the weekly class. He wouldn't show up. And I'd ask him, I don't want to use his name, but basically, what, why, what happened? He said, I was in lockup. He, he was a black guy, but he wasn't very big, okay? <laughs> right? And I said, well, why, why, why were you in lockup? Because I was fighting. I said, well, why are you fighting? Right? He said, I don't care if I win or lose a fight. It makes me feel better. In other mm. words, during that time, I am distracted from the garbage that's going on inside of me, whether you're in prison or not, doesn't matter, it's going on in there, right? And that distracts me and I release all this energy that's pent up inside. So I don't care if I get beat up, I don't care what happens, I don't care if I go to lock up. It's the only thing that I can do in here that creates enjoyment. Now, he grew past that, thank God, right? <laughs> but, but it's all the same thing. Right? It's all the same thing that people are trying to create outside situations that are strong enough to distract themselves from themselves. And then during that time, you feel energy. You feel the rush. You understand that? That that that's what happens. Even when people do bad things, they feel the rush. Like like robbing is exciting and you plan and there's all this energy and anxiety and all that stuff, right? Well, that's the same reason people get in business. They're all doing the same thing. Okay. They're just doing it a different way. So the question is not. How do I get what I think I need to be okay? Just like you said, it doesn't last. Why? It stops distracting you. You get used to it. You understand? There's not a single thing. If you had a food that you loved 
and I had the best chef in the world prepared for you, and you ate it, you would love me to pieces. You'd melt. Oh, my God, this is so good. It melts in your mouth. So would you like it tomorrow night, too? Oh, man, can I really? Yeah, well, we'll get the chef to stay. All right? All right. <laughs> would you like it the next night? Yeah. Would you like a breakfast, lunch, dinner? No. Give me some cauliflower or, or broccoli. <laughs> right? it's, you get used to it. So it doesn't distract you from yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the whole key, all right? It's what we call the law of diminishing returns. You, you, it doesn't keep turning you on. And so you have to keep doing different things. So like you said, it never ends. There's no, it doesn't work that way, but people don't understand that. And that's where spirituality comes in, which is, is there another way of being okay inside other than this way that doesn't work? I don't even like to say it's wrong. I don't like to do that. People are different. They go through different things and so on. It's not that it's wrong. It's that it doesn't work. That's deeper. You understand that? Like, so somebody sits there and says, yeah, but when I do this, it makes me feel good. It's wrong. Well, okay, people are still going to do it. You sit there and say, but have you noticed that after you do it, you don't feel good again? <laughs> you notice that it just keeps going on and on. You keep, yeah, all right. Well, maybe there's another way to be okay inside other than trying to get what you want or try to turn yourself on or trying to get distracted from yourself. That becomes the foundation of a discussion. Yes, and um, disturbances and preferences are the keys to our suffering. Things that disturb us and things that we prefer. You've said, you know, if we just talk about the weather, um, those are keys to distracting us and not and not paying attention to letting go and surrender. Which to me are those are the two after reading and rereading and rereading all of your books, those two, those two said, those two phrases, letting go and surrender seem to be the key. Is that, am right. I, am I on the track? Oh, well, they are the essence. Okay. But let's go a little slower. Okay. Right. So now we understand I'm not okay inside. Okay. And every human being can say that I want to be okay. I want to be okay. So the question is, what can I do to compensate? That's the key word. That for that, I'm not okay, because then that comes and goes. It doesn't stay, right? Why don't I find out why I'm not okay? Instead of I'm not okay, what should I do about it? I'm not okay. Why am I not okay? And what the mind, because we're silly, says to say, well, I'm lonely because I don't have somebody special. That's not true. Finding somebody special is an attempt to compensate for your loneliness. If you felt full and whole and complete inside yourself, right? You're welcome to share that, but you don't need things to be okay. All right. So you start looking to say, well, why am I not okay? Why am I not okay? And that is what the essence of what we teach, which is if you will look, you are wise enough. Everyone is to see you're not okay because you stored every single thing that ever bothered you for your entire life inside of you. If somebody said something you didn't want to hear, if mommy did something, daddy did something, you didn't get the toy you wanted, your first girlfriend dumped you, whatever it is, if it came in there and didn't feel good, I know what you did with it. You pushed it away, right? You can't change the experience because it already happened, but you can work with or manipulate what it feels like when it comes inside. So the experience happened outside, came in through your senses, and now it's inside of you. What are you going to do with it? Instead of saying, which a wise person would say, this was not a nice experience. I don't want to keep it, <laughs> right? I can't change it. It actually happened, but I don't want to keep it in here. We don't know how to do that. We've never taught how to do that. So what we do is say, no, no, I don't like this. That should not have happened, right? And we push away the inner experience, even though the outer experience already happened. We can't do anything about that. So we push the inner experience away and someday you will, everyone will hope will understand when you do that, you just destroyed your inner state. What do you mean? You just stored something that bothers you. It will come back in your dreams. It will come back because somebody said something. It will come back because you thought something. It, it's still in there, isn't it? 20 years, 30 years later, Freud says it's in there you know, from childhood all through your entire life, right? Because you stored that inside. How many things have you stored in there? How about everything that bothered you? Everything that ever bothered you? If you said, go to a high school reunion, because my boys can't do it, all right? But if you go to a high school reunion, all right, you're going to not like the people that you didn't like before. You're going to tend to be attracted to the people that, that you like. Before. 
They're totally different people. It's 20 years later. Are you crazy? The answer is yes. I have stored inside of me that which bothered me and that which made me feel good, right? And now it's running my life. And you, under, you have to understand that when you push something away inside, it actually blocks your inner energy. It's an extremely unhealthy thing to do. It may feel better at the time because I don't want to deal with it, right? But it's here, the example I always use is you went to a restaurant, fine restaurant, but somehow something was wrong and it got you sick. Okay, mm. you didn't, you got real stomach ache while you're eating and something was wrong. Do you ask for a doggy bag so you can take it home and <laughs> have a room where you store all the food that made you sick and every morning taste it to make sure you remember how sick it made you? Nobody would do that. Okay, that's what you did with your experiences. You stored the bad ones inside. So, what I always say to people, and everyone gets it, is if you store everything that ever disturbed you inside of you, you're going to be disturbed. Yes. That's what it's going to be like in there. And that is what it's like in there. You if call you them, understand. sorry. You, you call them some scars. I call them trauma, right? Well, trauma is a big word. I mean, at least in our, in our society, a trauma is a really bad thing that really bothered you, right? Yes. I, to me, if you're, you're having a birthday party, you so it's a birthday party and you're having it outside and it hasn't rained for two weeks and it rains on your birthday party, right? Psychology wouldn't call that trauma, but the truth is you can't handle it. Right. It bothered you, right? Mm -hmm. It bothered you. And so you pushed it away, even minor things. You say, hi, Sally, friend of yours, shouldn't say hi. It bothers you, all right? So yes, yes. respectfully, they are traumas, right? In the sense that they bother you that much. But I like to make the difference between something really big that bothered you and these minuscule little things that go on every single day, all right? Like who, who uh, like I said, somebody didn't say hello or somebody said something. Here, I like this one my best, right? I don't think I like what you thought you said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we do that all the time. And then the next time you see the person, you feel uncomfortable. So you literally stored every one of these things inside of you. So you have a storehouse of disturbed things inside and you're going to be disturbed. And that's what causes every single problem in all of the earth forever is that people stored this stuff inside. So what's the answer? Well, we went very quickly here. What's the answer? Stop it. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop storing that stuff inside and whatever's stored inside, let it go. And I love when people say to me, well, how do I know it's stored in there? Are you kidding me? It comes right up and right in your face. And what do you do? You push it back down, right? Yes. How dare you talk to me like that? My mother talked to me like that. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. That happens all the time. I get yelled at or I think it's I think it's criticism. And then I decide, I shut them off. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You're out of my life because- That's right. That's that's my thorn. That's one of my thorns, right? That's As right. you call them. Okay. So you weren't able to handle the, the normal, pretty normal situation. People get yelled at. This happens. That happens. People don't get what they want. It rains on your birthday cake. Things happen. Life, life's a happening place, right? If you can't handle it, no matter what it is, I don't judge that somebody else couldn't handle something I can because there may be things I can't handle that they can, all right? So it's called compassion, understanding, right? So I don't judge that. But when it comes in, you say, I can't handle it. Well, if you can't handle it, you shouldn't be dealing with it because you're the worst person in the world to handle it because you said you couldn't. Right. If I say I can't pick something up, don't tell me I'm the one who should pick it up because <laughs> I said I can't. So instead, you sit there and say, and there's the entire path, and this works. People write me from all over the world. You know, My first book, you know, The Untethered Soul, 4 million copies published in 38 countries. All mm. right? Mm. Why? I didn't do anything, right? You're just talking about what I learned. And they said it works. What works? It works to say, I'm going to handle this because the cost of not handling it is it will bother me for the rest of my life. If I think that bothered me now, hear me? Somebody yelled at me, but then they went away. They don't yell at you every second, right? They yelled at you, they went away. If I can't handle that they yelled at me, right? As bad as it felt, that feeling will stay inside of me my entire life, which is better. Learn how to say, fine, people had a bad day, they yelled at me, they took it out on me, right? And that's all that really happening, right? 
people people don't yell when they're okay. If somebody's happy and filled with love and joy, and they just their entire existence is filled with exuberance, they don't yell at people, right? It's when you're not okay inside that you see it as an opportunity to let some of this energy out, and you yell at people. All right. So at some point, you don't take it personal. That's very deep. We're talking very deep. You take it. You don't take it personal. They're not yelling at me. They're just yelling. I just happen to be standing there when they're yelling. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what happens to kids. Right, you you got a father that drinks, a father that had anger problems. The kid that fine, the kid didn't eat dinner right or didn't do this, a tiny little thing, and all of a sudden, this all this anger and frustration, a lifetime worth of anger and frustration, <clears throat> is is coming out on the kid. The kid didn't do anything. It has nothing to do with the kid. It has to do with the father. And at some point, you mature enough to realize that they're not yelling at me. They're just yelling, and I happen to be standing where they're yelling. <laughs> That's how I would like them to be. Yes, but I'm. I just turned sixty, and people were yelling at me at fifty nine, and I still. It was like my mother was yelling at me. That's right, and it bothers you. Yes, right? yes. What I'm saying is, when we're talking about how to learn the deep stuff, how to learn to be okay no matter what's happening. If you're okay inside, it doesn't matter where you are. We used to say, right? They can imprison your body. They can't imprison your mind or your consciousness. Okay, that's a true statement. So the problem is that I'm so uncomfortable inside that my mind can't be free. It's too busy, excuse me, puking up all the garbage that I stored in there. It just keeps coming back up and I can't be okay. So the answer is to be willing to work on yourself and sit there and say, what if I could handle the day that's happening now and didn't store more of this garbage inside? Okay. And when stuff came up from before, you don't have to go find it. It'll find you. When stuff come up from before, I'm committed to letting it go, right? And that becomes, that's the spiritual path. That's the entire spiritual path, all right? Is letting go of what is blocking you inside. And what is blocking you is the stuff you stored in there. You will find that as you let that go, all of a sudden, every day is a little happier. All of a sudden, every day is a little lighter, no matter where you are, including in prison. Every day is a little lighter. Every day is a little more open. You're smiling more. You feel more beauty inside, right? And eventually that beauty can get really, really beautiful to where no matter where you are, it's just beautiful inside, mm -hmm. right? And then it spreads out to everybody. So that's the path. So the question is, how do you do that? And you know what I teach. That's the only reason I said something about trauma, because I like to throw up low-hanging fruit. Right. Right. Like a distinction between the big things and these tiny little tiny that no one thinks matter. It doesn't right. matter. Right. It does matter. Everything that you're not comfortable with and you don't let go, you store discomfort inside yourself. And you're not going to be okay that night. You're not going to be okay. So are you willing to practice what I teach is relaxing? And that's what everybody says works. Right now you resist. You have hands in there, you resist. Okay. And certainly you know, people that are in prison tend to be people that have resisted a lot, okay? And they, yes. and they express themselves in ways that wasn't, wasn't good for them, all right? All right. So basically, how do you not resist? When you're resisting, you're tensing, you're pushing, you're using those inner hands to manipulate what's going on inside of you and outside, right? What if instead you relax? It's so counterintuitive. What if somebody says something, it hits you the wrong way, and before you freak out and get all upset and et cetera, et cetera, relax, relax. But it doesn't feel good. So relax. Hey, football players, football players get sprained ankles and broken thumbs and they keep playing. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't feel good, right? You are capable of doing great things in there if you want to clean up. So what you do is you start practicing with little things to relax. Just relax, breathe. If, it, if you have a mantra or some, something you like, a song you like, or something saying, hang out with something nicer instead of the part of you that's freaking out. That's what it all boils down to. Can you use yourself inside to make it nicer in there? You don't need things outside to make it nicer. You're the one who lives in there. There's nobody else in there but you. <laughs> it's, it's, I call it a single occupancy apartment, right? So if it's a mess, clean it up. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Or don't complain that somebody else isn't doing it. It's your inside state. You're the one who store all this stuff. So little by little, you practice relaxing through things that used to get you upset. Just relax them. You find out that there was no benefit in getting upset. 
All it did was cause more trouble. It didn't do anything for you or anybody else. You understand that, okay? And I love when, when people that aren't used to living that way, like I said, I, I did a lot, I did prison work and I dealt with hell's angels and outlaws and people that killed a lot of people, all right? And once they learned what it's about is you can't handle yourself. You can't handle the energy that's happening inside of you. And that's why you throw it out and express it that way. If you're supposed to be so macho and so tough, how come you can't handle things? I talked to him, right? And I'm still alive. They didn't kill me. So basically, basically, they love the teachings. If you're supposed to be such a tough guy, how come you can't handle yourself? I can't handle if somebody said something. Wait, come on, give me a break, right? And so they start getting challenged to say, I can. I can handle this. I just let go. I relax through it, right? And next thing you know, there's no penalties or no problem. Your relations are better. Your interaction is better. You feel better. But the big benefit is you start finding out that because you're not suppressing or pushing down more stuff, you start feeling better. You start, your body feels better. Everything feels better. And your mind starts saying more light, nice things, right? It's a nice day. You look it's sunny, all right? Instead of problems. And then, like I said, bigger stuff will start coming up by itself. Why? Because it's down there. And if you're really mature, you catch on. I remember one, uh, it was a member of the Outlaws. It was a Florida motorcycle gang, very large being, a large guy, strong. And he caught on and he started meditating and started doing these practices. And he told me, he said, I don't know what happened. I just started feeling all this beauty inside of myself. I started feeling love, all right, just because that's what's in there. But you blocked it. So when the bigger stuff starts coming up, remember he told me, the bigger stuff starts coming up, he would step back and say, I don't want you in there. Forget who you don't want outside of you. That's nothing. It's what's going on inside of you that's determining, that's where you live. You live in here, right? And so I don't want that in there. And so he worked it through. He just let it go. He worked it through, right? You have stuff from the past in there, like you were talking about, right? Why is it in there? It's over. It happened a long time ago. Why should it still be bothering you? It's not rational. No. It's not rational that anything in the past bothers you. Now, no one will tell you that, but I will, and you should tell them that, and I know you do, right? I, in fact, I saw your stuff. I see that's a main thing you do, right? The past is over. It's not even happening anymore. Why would something that's not happening be bothering you? Because you stored it inside of you. Well, let it go. How? Relax. When it comes up, relax. When it comes up, relax. At some point, you get high enough to where you welcome it to come up. You're excited that it came up. Why? Because you realize the more I let go of, the more beautiful my life is. The more beautiful everything is. I don't want it in there. So if it comes up and it's painful, good. Good. No pain, no gain. Just like working out. Except this, I call it working in <laughs> instead of working out. Okay? <laughs> and so it comes up. You relax through it. You breathe through it. You you could say, you, we call mantra. But I mean, mantra is very generalized. So, so Oprah once asked me, right, what do you give as a mantra? I said, I'm not a guru. I don't give mantras, right? If somebody doesn't have a mantra or something like that, right, it's not doing Eastern teachings or something like that, right, here's a good mantra. I can handle this. I can handle this. I can handle this. I can, whoa, get that going on in there and wait till you see how much you change, right? Wow. So the yes. minute, oh, 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 I can handle this. I can handle this. That's a very good thing to train your mind to say. So this becomes the path. This is the spiritual path. Notice it doesn't belong to any religion or no religion, right? An atheist can do it perfectly well. A Christian can do it well. A Buddhist can do it well. A Jew can do it well. It, right? Isn't that beautiful? It, it's, it's about the real growth, the real growth to God, right? Which is Christ said you must die to be reborn. That's what this is. This is dying of the personal self, the garbage you stored in there. And then you're going to find out there's all this beauty inside of yourself and it will raise you up to a very high state. There are beings that got to really, really high states by letting go of themselves. In prison, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And but it it it's you call it darkness. Like these things inside are, are darkness, and you call it transmuting, right? That we're transmuting this energy that we've stored. And yes. and he also say it, the energy wants to go up. It right? does. Is, is that right? Always. Always, it always wants to go up, right? And it's funny, you call it darkness. That's like saying that that night is darkness. Night is not darkness. 
The sun is shining out there exactly the same as it did the entire time for 4.5 billion years. There's no winter, there's no summer, there's no this, there's not, right? It's because something's blocking the light. It's not that the light is not there, mm. right? The cloud is blocking the light. If you you don't have to find the light, right? You don't have to make light underneath the cloud. Get rid of the cloud and there's nothing but light. That is your natural state. It's your natural state, right? Period, period. And isn't it beautiful when people start to realize that, that, hey, I made a mess of myself. Nobody else did it, right? They did things that I couldn't handle, but I'm the person that couldn't handle them. And I'm the person that then stored them inside and made myself angry and made myself fearful and weak and or whatever, all right? I did that. I'm in here. Let go. Let go of the cloud. I don't want to call it darkness. Let go of the cloud. Let go of the blockages that you put in there and stored in there even if somebody did something terrible to you, they didn't do it inside, they did it outside. Right. You understand that, right? Yes, so yes. You don't, you don't have to keep it inside. I've kept lifetime, lifetimes of my parents, what my parents and my sister and my boyfriend, all these things that happened to me have just clouded my, my life. Yes. yes. Made a mess yes. of my life, my inside life. That makes a mess of your inner state. And then what you try to do is manipulate the outside to make it feel better. Understand it? What, what can I do to distract myself from that? And what can I do to make sure that everybody behaves, everything, the weather, everything behaves in the way I need it to. So when it comes in, it doesn't hit my stuff. And yeah. it never behaves in a way that hits my stuff. You follow me? Yes. The next thing you know, you're, you're just manipulating and struggling. Whereas open up to life. There's nothing wrong. Life is life. You know, is it right? No. Is it wrong? Is it just? No. Is it fair? No. It's just life. Right? The Buddhists say very deep. It's deep stuff. Right? Zen Buddhism says flowers are red, the water is blue, and the grass is green. That's the teaching. Go home. In other words, <laughs> things, things are the way they are. Understand that? You're welcome to say, I want the flower to be blue and the grass to be whatever, Purple. all right? That, that's just your stupid mind fighting with God, fighting with reality, right? So instead, you just be willing to say, okay, nobody said it was fair. Nobody said it was just. Nobody said anything. They just said reality is reality. It happened. You can work with it to make it better in the future, but you can't do a thing about the past. So they develop time machines, that ain't going to happen. So you have to accept the past, let go of the fact that you couldn't handle it before. Now you're in a better position to raise the future. Otherwise, all you're trying to do is make sure the future doesn't do what bothered you in the past and does do what made you feel good in the past. And since we all had different experiences, we're all fighting with each other. <laughs> yes. One of the things I say to the people in prison, I say you're in prison because you're in prison. And that's it. You know, the, what the crime that they committed 20 years ago. Irrelevant. That's in the past. They, But they're now they find themselves in prison. So if you can accept that, that there's a from that place, everything can happen. But if you think you're supposed to be somewhere else, you're not going to be able, you can't move on from that because you're waiting for something to change. Correct. Since I'm into yoga, all right, that's my whole life, all right? Yoga, meditation, just those teachings. Some of the highest beings that ever walked the face of the earth that are in complete ecstasy live in caves. Willfully, they yes. chose to do that. The ancient great masters, okay? All right? So you're in prison. It's just a forced cave, okay? <laughs> and it can be used accordingly. And it is as bad as you make it. Is it fair? No. Is it, you know, et cetera. Nobody said that. It just is what it is. Now, how are you doing inside? And the answer is, that's your choice. That's your choice. I, I want to make sure we mention, because I always taught this to my men, all right? I talked about this last night. You are somewhere around 18 square feet, right? You're three feet by six feet, whatever it is, 18 square feet and how many cubic feet, all right? How much of that is of the city you live in? 0.0000000001%. How much of it is it of the planet Earth? Oh my God. How much space do you take up on the planet Earth? You, you think you're the most important thing in the whole world, right? It's, you're nothing. It's okay. You don't have to build your ego to feel good. It is better to sit there and say, hey, 
I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just I'm just standing on a planet for a while. I won't be here long, right? That planet is spinning through black, empty space. You've seen it. The astronauts took pictures of it. It's just this little tiny ball spinning around black, empty space, and you are on a minuscule dot somewhere on that ball, correct? <laughs> yes. And and you're and you're sitting there making a big deal out of things. Right. And then I sit there and say, for those of you who like to think, understand that way. And I'm, all of my men did. They like talk about this stuff. All right. That ball, that part of which you're nothing, and you're only on there for a few years, it's been here for 4.5 billion years. How long are you going to be there? <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. All right. 1.3 million Earths fit inside the sun. 1.3 million Earths fit inside the sun. Okay, mm -hmm. the sun is one of 300 billion stars in one galaxy, and there are two trillion galaxies. And you're doing what? Worrying about what? Making a big deal out of what? Wake up, all right? And that ability to expand your frame of reference, right? That's it's a truthful frame of reference. You're sitting on a planet spinning in the middle of nowhere. Think like that, and you're not in prison. Yes. That's what it means to say they can they can imprison your body but not your mind, right? But you but you did is let them imprison your mind because you kept worrying about what's happening and wanting things and making a mess out of things. You have the right to say at any time, I am on the planet Earth spinning through empty space around one star of which 1.3 million Earths fit inside that star <laughs> and there's 300 billion stars. I think I'm okay expand your consciousness and you're not in prison nor are you in a bad relationship nor are you in a bad job you're standing on the planet earth doing whatever's happening in front of you and it changes everything it liberates you it's a form of liberation to to open your mind that's what it means that they can't imprison your mind right it's it's, it's such wisdom because we we think it's all so important all these little Minutia and they're minimum, minimum, nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm walking around the house. I'm about to meet Michael Singer and talk to him. You know, it's there's a supernova out there, right? And like a tablespoon. What did you say about a tablespoon? I don't know. It's that, this, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very, it's very. These are the teachings, but notice they're not about believing something or forcing yourself to be a certain way or you know, or any of that kind of stuff. This is reality. Everything we've talked about so far is just uh, common sense. It's common sense. Real Science agrees. Everything's reality, right? So you wake up, and instead of trying to work on everything around you to make yourself feel better, you work inside yourself to let go of the stuff that's making you feel bad. Because you can have, you have a relationship to, to all of that that we talked about, to all those stars and all of that. That's your relationship to God. Okay, you know, you are, you, your mind is very expansive, and now I have to talk about it. More expansive than your mind is your consciousness. Mm. You mm. are aware of what your thoughts are doing. You are aware of what your heart is feeling. You're aware of what your body's feeling. What is this awareness? Because mm -hmm. that's who you are. You've been in there the whole time. You were in there yesterday. You were in there five years ago. The thoughts were different. The body looked different. The situation was different outside. But it's the same you that's experienced it all. The essence of all of spirituality and all of truth is what is that you? What is consciousness? Where did it come from? Right? And what you'll find out if you go deep enough is you're not limited to looking at your mind. It's just you happen to be staring at your mind. And it's so powerful. What the mind is doing is so poignant and fearful to you that you keep, if it's a rattlesnake, I always ask people this. If you have to have a 20-foot rattlesnake in the room with you, do you want it behind you or in front of you? <laughs> Everyone says in front. Why? Right. Because you're scared of it, right? That's what your mind is. It's like a rattlesnake filled with things that bothered you from before, and you stare at it because you're afraid of it. And then you try to manipulate things and so on. If you realize that your consciousness is not limited to staring at your mind, one way to find that out is as you expand your frame of reference of your mind into, you know, 300 billion stars, go meditate on that. Okay. As you do that, your consciousness expands with it because your consciousness is watching your mind. Do you follow me? Yes. I used to say, I'm a child of the 60s, right? And they used to talk about, you know, expanded consciousness. 
right? Expand your consciousness. No, no, no. Stop constricting your consciousness. Consciousness is already expanded. It doesn't, if your mind starts thinking about the, all the galaxies, the consciousness has no trouble. It doesn't hurt to expand out to that. It expands to the area of the room it has. You understand? You locked it down to this tiny little three by six foot area of the universe, which is so small, it's ridiculous. Open up the mind and the consciousness becomes open. And eventually, of some time, I don't know how much time we have, eventually, if, if you really are sincere, you'll find out you are not your mind. You are watching your mind. You're the conscious watching your mind. And yes, the consciousness, the, if the mind expands, consciousness expands with it and feels freer, has elbow room, is not locked inside this body. You understand that? Right? And eventually it will catch on. I don't have to look at the mind. Consciousness is a thing in and of itself. It has its own nature. Its nature is God. Its nature is, is in India, they say the nature of consciousness is Satchitananda, eternal conscious ecstasy. That's the nature of it. All right. And if you let go, Christ said, you must die to be reborn. You understand that? These are all really Christ teachings. All right. But they are of all the great traditions. So if you stop staring at yourself, you find out who's staring. Okay. And that's where the Bible says man was created in the image of God. That's what it is. That your consciousness is one with the divine consciousness. In fact, Christ said, my father and I are one. It's really neat that we talk not. I don't ever talk religiously anyways, but not spiritually. And all of a sudden you're saying what Christ said. You're saying what Buddha said. Buddha, Buddha merged into nirvana, into the void, into the oneness of all things, the creator of everything. Like it's, you can too. That's the beauty. It's, you can do all that in prison. You can do that no matter where you are because you're free inside. So that's the message, isn't it? Absolutely. And I just love how expanded you are talking about it i'm i'm with you i'm i'm growing with you as you as you're expanding into the universe and and i hope our listeners are are feeling that and and gathering gathering this wisdom but consciousness you say consciousness likes to it'll go where the the noisiest where it's noisy it gets distracted exactly it? yeah <laughs> it gets distracted by a noise by light by a word by mind by heart if your heart hurts what a silly place to put your consciousness if your heart hurts but that's where you put it because yeah. it distracts you it distracts you and all of a sudden you're lost in that that's when it becomes really traumatic when you get so lost that you can't talk that you can't interact with the world that's you know, real trauma right and that's because why does that happen because the consciousness got fixated on this one thing and it can't get off it can't take itself off of that yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Right? I, and, and that's true for me and, and my family. All of the all of the pain seems to like overtake us all, all over. That's right. And you're distracted by it. And then you try to do whatever you can to make it stop. And now you're you're lost out there. You're suffering. You're struggling. And we're, we lose all this, right? We lose that's all right. this. You, lo you lose reality. Yes. We lose our connection to God and our, our that's sublime right. that's being. Right. That's right. But by letting go, by practicing little by little with the easy stuff first, let go, let go, let go, let go. All of a sudden, because you let go of the lower stuff, you'll find yourself in the higher stuff because then you're not getting distracted by it. You are already the highest thing to walk the face of the earth. Everyone is. It doesn't matter what you ever did. It doesn't make any difference. The only reason it makes a difference is you store this stuff inside. And if you did really, really bad stuff, now you got to avoid it and you're afraid of it and all kinds of junk goes on. And so therefore you're fixated on the bad stuff. If you can let it go, you're free. Then don't worry about karma, don't worry about sins, don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. All right? Yes. It, it's there because you keep it there. If you can let it go, just okay. You have to like forgive yourself. You did stuff when you were... Look, if you failed fifth grade math, but now you have a doctorate in theoretical mathematics. I hope it will still feel bad that you failed fifth grade math. <laughs> it's like you learned. People ask me that sometimes. It's important to talk about this, right? I feel guilty. I realized what I did. I hurt somebody really, really bad. Not, not just in prison, anybody, right? I, I hurt somebody and I it was wrong and I know it was wrong. And it was a long time ago and I just can't get rid of it, right? I asked them a very simple question, all right? If the same situation happened again, would you do the same thing? You know, they say, 
no way, I would never do that. Then you grew, you learned, and that's what you're here for. Guilt doesn't help you. You understand that? Remorse, that stuff doesn't help you. Feeling shame or guilt or so on. That just binds you down to lower energies. Now, if you say to me, you're damn right, I would. Mm. I'd do it again double. All right, well, then let's hope you feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to do something. We got to do something to make you not do that stuff, right? But if within yourself, you grew through the experience, that's what it's here for. Somebody once told me, way back in the 70s, Earth is a place where souls are sent to evolve. Mm. Earth is a place where souls are sent to evolve. Well, you just evolved. Mazel tov. Wonderful. That's great. That's wonderful. That's what you're here for. Now, don't carry that burden on top of yourself, right? So that, that's how you let go. You just keep letting go of stuff to the best of your ability. And where do you see where you end up? Yes, you're right. No matter who we are, life is going to put us through the changes we need to go through. Right. The question is, are we willing to use this force for our transformation? I saw that even very intense situations don't have to leave psychological star scars if we're willing to process our changes at a deeper level. Correct. You got so it. I love you. That book, Living Untethered, and that third book, right? Uh, the Untethered Soul is the most popular. I don't know why, but somehow it hit, hit a Because it was the first one. Because it was the no, first one. No, it, it, it somehow... I, it, I think it's because the beginning of that book does a phenomenal job of making you watch your mind and yes. realize you are not your mind. And from then on, once you woke up, then it's all fascinating. What do I do? What do I do now that I woke up? It wakes people up. That's what Oprah said. That she sees it wakes people up. All right. So, but basically, in the second book, uh, um, Surrender Experiment. Oh, all God, right. I love that. That's like a, uh, yeah. that's an, um, an action movie. Watching yes, you, you go through life. And a lot. But the, the, the company that published The Untethered Soul, New Harbinger Publications, right? So obviously the New York Times bestseller, the whole ballgame, right? They told me, they didn't publish the second book. Uh, Random House published the second book, right? Mm. Uh, Surrender Experiment. But the head of sales of New Harbinger says when she gives out my book, she gives first a Surrender Experiment to all her friends and family. And then she gives them the entire soul, right? Because people can relate, business people and so on, right? Yes. But this book, the one you keep reading from, I'm very proud of you, Living Untethered, is the deepest of all, all right? It goes way deep. It doesn't play around. It assumes that you are ready to listen to these deep truths and, and guide you through that stuff, all right? And that's very, that's a tribute to you that you, you took that book that deeply. And people read it many times over and over, like you said you did, right? Somebody okay. told me they read the book 20 times, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still I'm still getting amazing things from well from all the books. Um, but one of the things you have in the book are techniques for freeing yourself, and um, I'd love to go through them. Even though you already did kind of, but I'd like to really have the the listeners really have it that there are three things. And I'll let you go if you want to. I have the list if you need help. No, go ask them one at a time. So positive thinking. That's the first okay. thing. All right. So we talked about the fact that the problem is that the mind is, this is very important. If your body gets sick, sometimes you don't even know it because there's an immune system, an autoimmune system that creates white blood cells and go out there and fights the bacteria and the viruses. You don't even know anything's going on, right? Sometimes your temperature goes up a little bit. Why? Because hotter temperature kills viruses. Okay, and so your body's doing all this by itself. What an amazing thing it is, right? Mm -hmm. And it purifies itself to the best of its ability. Can't always do it, but to the best of its ability, it's an amazing thing. Your mind is way more brilliant than your body. Your mm -hmm. body's made of matter and mass. Your mind's made of etheric brilliance, God, okay? It has its purification system. It doesn't want that stuff you stored in there. It wants to be open and explore the universe and feel expansive. You understand? It doesn't want this personal yes. garbage, a little tiny little person making all this noise, right? And so it tries to get rid of it. That's why it keeps coming up into your mind. It's trying to purify the garbage that you stored in your heart, that you stored in there, all right? So it will tend to be negative. People ask me, why is the mind so negative? Because you stored all this crap inside of you and the mind is trying to push it out it wants to be pure 
right? And so it has to pass through you. And so it comes up into the thinking mind. So positive thinking says, okay, I'm in here. This is tower. There's a mess. I don't want all this negativity going on inside my mind. And so you start to take charge of your own inner state. And you sit there, you're going to, the great master, you're going to, my guru, you're going to taught. Every time you have a negative thought, replace it with a positive one. Okay. So basically, that's what positive thinking is. It's saying, I don't have to sit in here and listen to all this garbage. I have the right <laughs> to say what I want to say. So the mind says, oh, it's raining. I hate the rain. Right. I have the right to say, hey, I eat because of the rain. It makes all the vegetables. It makes plants grow. And plus, rain is beautiful. It's a, it's a wonderful, purifying thing. I love rain. I can say that. He can't stop me from saying that. He, I'm pointing at him, <laughs> me, all right? <laughs> the fact that he wants to be negative from underneath, I can be positive from above, all right? It doesn't mean that underneath my positive, he's saying, you're lying, you know you don't feel that way, you know you hate the rain. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I at least neutralize to some degree the negativity by saying something positive. Over time, light dispels darkness. Over time, the positive will dispel that negativity and you'll start enjoying the rain. Why? Because I said so. Why don't you enjoy the rain? Because I said so, right? You're better off. Are you better off liking something or not liking something? Here, I'm going to give you some food, right? Well, are you better off if you like it or if you don't like it? Better off, um, but blue cheese, I can't, I can't, I can't go that's, there. That's but... okay. You're better <laughs> off if you like something, yes, right? Of course. Right? Therefore, who decided you don't like it? You did. I did, yeah. So decide you like it. <laughs> so I'll you work on story. it. You use affirmation. I mean, some of the things you may be allergic to blue cheese. It may be what's the problem, right? right? But in general, in general, regular life unfolding, you have the right to say, I'm fine. I have had people write me from prison telling me I wouldn't be alive today if I, not, if I didn't get put in prison. That's how bad the environment I was in this environment, as bad as it is, is better for me and my spiritual growth than where I was. Well, that's really beautiful that someone's willing to say that. There, now they're using the experience in a positive, constructive way. Nobody said it's not a nice experience. Nobody said that, right? But you can use it to the best of your ability to grow, to, to learn, to et cetera. So that's what positive thinking is. Affirmation, positive thinking, it's replacing, not fighting with the negative thoughts. Okay? So don't fight with them. Your mind will always win because it's your mind fighting with your mind. Right? <laughs> so I'll tell you one thing. All, all the people in prison are not, right? If you, if you want to fight with somebody and you want a knife fight, don't let your right arm fight with your left arm. That is a non-winner for you, okay? <laughs> it's the same thing inside, right? Don't let your mind fight with itself. Yes. It, you lose. You step back and say, I'm going to practice positive thinking. I don't care if there's negativity in there. The positive will overcome the negative. It's positive is more beautiful. It carries nice. So that's one of the techniques. Is It's a game. Like in a video game, right? Pac-Man is trying to eat you, all the negative thoughts. And I'm in there avoiding that and working with it and bringing positive light. It's a beautiful technique. All right? It's but it's interesting. In the book, I say, it's a starter technique. Yes. There are deeper techniques than positive thinking, but you still use positive thinking when you need to, but eventually you'll be better in there and you'll start to use some of the other techniques. What was the second one? The next one is mantra. Right. So like I said, I kind of touched on that before. Mantra doesn't have to be, you know, Om Rashivaya or some Sanskrit saying, all right? What, why mantra? Well, positive thinking is work. It says, if it starts being negative, I have to be aware enough to start being positive about it, okay? If you train, have you ever had a song get stuck in your mind? Yes. No what you do, it just keeps coming back? Yes. What if that song was, I love life, I love life, I can handle this, I can handle this. And that was going on in the back of your mind all the time. And now when something happened, it came forward. That's what mantra is, right? It's, it's, a, it's a friend that you, you repeated it so often that your mind got stuck there right? Yes. I can handle this. I can handle this. I love God. Whatever the heck it is, it's your business what it is, right? But basically, it, if you do it when you're meditating, you say it. When you're walking, you say it. It becomes part of the back of your mind. Your mind has layers. 
becomes a layer of your mind. It becomes your best friend. Because now something happens and the lower layer of your mind starts complaining and carrying on. Just You don't have to go down into the mind say something positive. You fall back into the layer of the mind that's the mantra. I do it all the time, right? So something happens, he starts talking about it, right? Just <laughs> God, 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 or whatever mantra you have. You know, just it'll just fall back to that place in your mind that is saying nice things, right? That's always there for you. So positive thinking is about replacing the thoughts in your mind. Mantra is about falling back behind them into this place that you built in your higher mind, right? That is a nice place to live. It's a wonderful place to live, All right? What's the next one? And the last one is wisdom, witness consciousness, relaxing and releasing is what you say, right. which All I right. think is the key here. Of course it is. It's the highest state. So one is you're replacing your thoughts with positive ones. The other is you built a place in, your, in a layer of your mind that is nice to sit. All you do is fall back into it. You step back into it, right? Then you start realizing when you're able to do that, wait a minute, who's watching all this? Who noticed the negativity? Who's listening to the mantra? And you realize, like I said before, you are the consciousness that is aware of the mind, aware of the heart, aware of the body, aware of the world through your senses. Fall back into that. Fall back further. Just relax, relax. And you'll end up in the seat of consciousness, which is ecstasy. It is. It's ecstasy. It's complete joy. It's complete love. It's beauty. All right. And not only will it carry you, it will carry everybody you meet. Because all of a sudden your energy, everything about you is different than the way it used to be. And different from everybody else. Everybody else is taking because they're not okay. Right? Period. There's I need you to be a certain way so I can be okay. All of a sudden you're okay. You become a giver. That's really beautiful. Not I'm giving. You don't even know you're giving. You're just not taking. Right. And if you're not taking, you're an anomaly in this world. And all of a sudden people are near you, they, they get raised. They feel they feel open, they feel love, they feel so on. It's it's so those are your stages that you're working your way through. And then um we write about compassion at the end of living untethered. You say compassion means you understand the root cause of people's behavior. People have trouble handling their blocked energies, and in most cases, they have not been taught how to channel the energies to a higher level. There is a higher level of our being, and those energies can be raised up. You have access to a much higher way to deal with inner, inner energies than to simply step aside and let them express. Correct. So we all have this, and it's the Wizard of Oz over and over again, isn't it? That's correct. You... You are the most beautiful being that ever walked the face of the earth. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. I mean, that's what compassion is, right? It's not forgiveness. Forgiveness means I've judged you. You're wrong, but I forgive you. That's not high enough, all right? It's I understand. I understand. I understand how difficult it is. I don't care what it is. Don't even bother telling me what it is, right? I just understand. I understand, right? And I also understand it does not have to still be in there. And if it's not in there, it won't be guiding your life and ruining your life, right? So that is what you bring to the table. It's just a complete acceptance, a complete understanding, and then the wisdom to sit there and say, you can change. It doesn't have to be like that, right? I don't care. Mother Teresa went to lepers. Who wants to hang out with lepers? She loved it. And she didn't do it, okay, I'll serve Christ by serving lepers. She did not do that. She loved going there. Okay, and you all of a sudden, if you let go of yourself and you raise yourself enough, you realize there's something very beautiful in here, and that's inside of everybody. You know, it's funny. Again, most of the people aren't exposed to the Indian teachings and so on, but in America, we say hello. You know what they say in India? Namaste. In America, we wave our hand, wave our hand, and say hello. In India, they go like this and say mm -hmm. Namaste. What does that mean? It means that which is God within me recognizes and honors the God within you. The fact that there's something below that inside me and below that inside of you and they get along very well, <laughs> right? It's, I still understand that me who's in here is the same as you who's in there. The consciousness is the same. What we're looking at is different and therefore we don't get along very well. You understand that? Because I want it to be my way, you want it to be your way. But that's what namaste means. That's pretty neat. It just it's... means I see you in there. I see you in there. I recognize your greatness. 
<sighs> ah, well, we can stop in a second. I'm going to read the very last par paragraph of this exquisite book. Ah. Now you understand why Christ said the kingdom is in within you. It is the very essence of your being. Your heights are incomprehensible, and you are perfectly capable of doing this work. Your inner states will just keep getting higher and higher as you keep letting go. The fact that you are even interested in these teachings means you've changed the world. You who do the work of liberating yourself are to be deeply respected. It is, it is an honor to have had this time with you, sir. It's an honor to meet you, and I love the work you're doing. I love the work you're doing. It's so beautiful. And I have great respect for anyone that would watch this video and be interested in your teachings and these teachings, right? And is willing to work on themselves and realize the only problem I have is me. <laughs> I am my problem. I have always been my problem, okay? So instead of trying to make everything else outside be more comfortable to me, right? I want to be more comfortable inside by working on myself. And if you work on yourself, that's where Namaste comes from. All right. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I feel like I meet all the, the men and women that you're teaching, right? I just got to meet all of them. All right. Yes. Yes. Thank and you. thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michael Singer. Well, not only did that interview go better than I expected, it I mean, I feel I feel like I've been with a master, and I'm I know I have. This talk has deepened my understanding of the work of Michael Singer. This talk has helped me grow, and I hope it has helped you understand more things about getting out of your mind and getting out of your way and getting into the seat of the soul. Um, thank you, Michael Singer, for your wisdom and your genius and your deep understanding of how we can all transform. Thank you for these roadmaps that you've given to us. And thank you for your time. As usual, if you like this podcast or YouTube presentation, please like and subscribe. Please share with your friends. And if you're so inspired, please go to CompassionPrisonProject.org and donate to our cause so we can ex expand this work into all the prisons in the United States and throughout the world. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you next time.